six, five, four. We've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Welcome back to 80s Pop Tops. Sorry I'd been out for a couple weeks. It was Thanksgiving and got a little little cold, and but everything's better now, and we are back. And this week we will be tackling August of 1980. We will be covering the top five songs of the month and covering some little tidbits here and there and setting you up for the next week. Once again, I want to all thank you for joining me. My name is Shelby, and sit back for a few minutes and reminisce, and we can discuss some wonderful thin music and things that were going on. This time, at the end of the summer of 1980, things were pretty much humming along. The 80s, as everybody knows them and thinks of them, really hadn't started yet, but it was getting close, and some of the sounds were hidden there if you knew where to look well enough, but disco was still thrashing around like a wounded duck, and it was trying its best to not die. So let's get started, and we are going to start this week with number five. Speaking of a post-disco band, or funk as they like to be called, which is more what they would be sounding like, let's take a listen to them right now. That was Take Your Time, Do It Right by the SOS Band, or as uh, SOS stands for, The Sounds of Success. This was their biggest hit, um, came out. Um, this was off their first album. It would peak at number three, stay there f- for a little while. It was also a number one R&B chart hit, and as well as a number one dance hit. Um, when I was looking this up, I kind of got them confused with another similar band, um, the Daz Band, thinking that they had also done the song Let It Whip, or You Drop the Bomb on Me, which is... Not them, but I kind of lumped them all together. So I thought they had a few more songs in this one. And I was looking over the rest of the the songs that they had done, and this is the only one that I can remember. This is definitely your post-disco, late 70s, early 80s funk sound. Um, you will find, like I said in the examples I gave you, you also find it in Patrice Russian, um, which did the backing track for Men in Black, if you do not know that name. Um, so... It's definitely a good song. I mean, once I, I didn't know it, once I saw the title, but once I played it, I definitely remembered it. It's something I remember hearing a lot. But it was number five this week, and it was going moving up to number three. So now, let's move on to number four. Another disco-type song from a group you would not expect, and as well, much as their reputation says, one that I don't like as much. Let's move on. Your 
was Emotional Rescue by the Rolling Stones. It would peak at number three um, in a week or so, and that's where it would top out. Now, this is definitely a disco-influenced song from a so-called rock band. I have no problem with Rolling Stones. I just don't like them as everybody, much as everybody else does. I was definitely a Beatles fan in the Beatles-Rolling Stone debate. Um, I do love a lot of their songs. Um, not so much this type of song, obviously. Um, more of a um, Give Me Shelter, uh, Sympathy for the Devil, more rock, harder rock type songs, which are, I have preferred much. Which is because of that, you can see the Beatles kind of like dip their toe in now and then with Helter Skelter and stuff and back in the USSR. I think that's where they got influenced by them. Like I said, this was one of the first songs that they'd used at an electronic piano and a synthesizer sound and more of a disco size, um, disco-fied sound. This was actually one of their later hits. I mean, but they never didn't play it live until like the mid 2010s, 2013, actually. So yeah, even though it was a hit, it wasn't one that they loved. Um, Start Me Up was also from around this time, which is kind of odd because it doesn't sound like a later Rolling Stones song. But yeah, they played until they couldn't play anymore, or they had tours when we were 50 or 60 years old, or they had their famous Steel Wheels or Steel Wheelchair Tour later on. And I never heard that they were a good live act from when they were young to when they were old, so they're consistent. <laughs> so now, let's move on to number three for this month. Um, this is another song by one of my first crushes when I was growing up. Let's take a listen now. That was Magic by Olivia Newton-John. This song would peak at number one for four weeks in August. Um, This was off the Xanadu soundtrack. Um, This was the biggest hit off that soundtrack. Um, There's a couple other ones. Uh, There was Suddenly with a duet with her and Cliff Richard. There's also the title track with her and um, ELO. Now, this is a wonderful example of a horrible, cheesy, cheesy 70s, 80s movie with an amazing soundtrack. The soundtrack was platinum. It did real well. People fondly remember the music from the movie. However, they don't fondly remember the movie <laughs> because it's just wow. Um, hey, if you like roll, roller disco and ethereal women dropping out of the sky and dancing around for no apparent reason, there you go. But as I said, I when I was growing up, I had a huge crush on Olivia Newton-John the Grease soundtrack to this day is one of my favorites. I can sing along to most of it. Me and my friend, when we were little, we used to sing along and do little pantomimes with it. Really weird, kitty stuff. It's fun. Um, we used to sing Purple Haired Monster to Beauty School Dropout. I used to do the whole hand motions with the uh, Grease Lightning. The whole nine yards. So to say I had a crush on her would have been understatement. There is another song from her that came out earlier in the 70s, kind of right before this one, A Little Love. That is, that's actually one of my favorites. It's a departure from any of the other songs she had done from the early soft country type 
where she won her country artist award when she first came out in the seventies to um this stuff and and physical even physical which is more of an 80s pop type song if you go listen to that one it's a darker 70s disco one i suggest you give it a listen if you haven't i mean you probably have if if you know any of her music you've heard that song is from her album totally hot definitely give that one a listen and this one is awesome as well as is the whole soundtrack if for wonderfully goofy nostalgia so now we're going to move on to number two this week. Um, this was another song by a well, well-known artist who had, was breaking out into a, the second part of her solo career. Let's take a listen now. That was Upside Down by Diana Ross. This would peak at number one. It would stay there for four weeks. And beginning with our next monthly countdown show, that's when it would start its four-week run at the top. Now, obviously, this song by Diana Ross was what I would consider the beginning of her, the third part of her career. Um, I'll cover the the first two parts today. And when we have our next show, we'll obviously cover the third. Um, She began obviously with the Supremes, so a large girl group out of Motown in the 60s. They had multiple hits. Um, Stop in the Name of Love, no, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, tons of the, the typical girl group Motown songs that came out at that time. Towards the end of the 60s, she decided she wanted to do more and break out solo, so after some severe negotiations, she was able to break out and started releasing some songs solo songs in the 70s. The first one came around 73, 74. It was called Touch Me in the Morning. And it's another one of a slow ballad type songs that she was more known for. It, it really didn't break that much of a pattern. Um, towards the mid and late 70s, she did um, the theme for Mahogany when she started acting. Um, she did the movie Mahogany as well as the Billy Holiday story. I remember seeing those a lot on HBO when I first got HBO back in the early 80s. So that was the beginning of her tipping her toe in the acting pool. Um, And then towards the late 70s, she did put out a disco song. Um, Probably one of my favorites from this period (laughs) from her, um, Love Hangover. This is a definite, definite disco song. If you hear it, you'll know it. It, She kind of like changed her um, style a little bit. and Now she would be more poppy, disco, dancing type songs that came out at this time. Uh, Upside Down was her biggest hit since um, Love Hangover. Like I said, it would stay at the top of, for a, a while in 1980, so she realized it wasn't over yet, and she just kept writing music, and as we will see next time, she did that, came out with some good songs, some weird songs, and kept going. Had a s- concert in Central Park where she performed in the pouring rain. <laughs> people were just sitting there watching her. I mean, it's one of the, again, from HBO, I remember this concert, watching her perform out in the rain, pouring rain, telling everybody it's just rain, it won't hurt you. And 
but telling her people who are working with the electronics to stay away from the stack so they don't get electrocuted. So telling in the crowd, yeah, you'll be okay, but telling the people who work with her, don't touch the electronics. All right, so now we will go on to our number one song for this month. This is one of the first mates of Yacht Rock. Let's take a listen now. That was Sailing by Christopher Cross, the number one song for this week in August of 1980. Yes, as I said, um, when people think of the genre of Yacht Rock, there's the people that initiated it, are the origins of its sound, um, Steely Dan, um, Michael McDonald's, so those are definitely your captains. But however, when you say that title, a lot of people will come to Mr. Christopher Cross here, and especially this song, because they think it's a about sailing, which it's not. It's just a very sharply produced, very adult contemporary soft kind of style, which is definitely what the song is. Um, this was his second release from his f- first album. Um, we had gone over um, Ride Like to Win earlier, which is not so much that kind of a sound, but this one definitely is. He, when this song came out, I remember he this was all over the place. I remember hearing it repeatedly. Even though it was only number one for a week, it did real well on radio play. However, as he kind of peaked at the wrong time, as I kind of discussed before, um, while being a wonderful singer and songwriter, he did not have the face for video, but had a voice for radio, as they would say. (laughs) I don't mean that to disparage him. He's kind of made that comment before, that when MTV came out, it kind of crushed his career. He did have another hit that we may eventually come to from a soundtrack, but that was really it. He's still out working now. Um, however, he did get severely hit by a coronavirus, even causing him temporary paralysis. He couldn't walk for a while. It had gotten him that bad. However, last I had heard, he is recovering, so I'm glad to hear that he <laughs> didn't affect him like it's affected so many others. Um, he did say he plans on going out and touring again. However, I... I do wonder about people that get severely affected by coronavirus if their job is being a singer. Their capacity for breathing and getting a lot of air and may be affected. So it may affect their their singing careers, but that's not being an expert. That's just like a thought that runs through my head. Anyway, this song was kind of a transition, as we had said. Um, it's kind of transition between Olivia Newton-John and um, Diana Ross that would come up next. But... Even though this was only number one for a week, this song was played a lot. It, it, it definitely was out there. And it's if you know Christopher Cross, you know this song. And that's what you think of sailing and the old yacht rock scene. So I want to thank you for joining me for this month in August 1980. Um, next week, um, I do have a plan for covering a subject on my off-the-charts one. This is a debate, but however, I don't have anybody to debate with. Um, where I grew up, I grew up in Miami. And... I had always heard that Miami had a certain sound in the late 80s. Um, it didn't have a name until later on, which I found out. It was called Freestyle. That's what everybody says. But 
whenever I bring this up to anybody now, they're all like, no, 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 that was started in New York. You Miami people just kind of glommed on and you had no say in it. And that's always aggravated me because I kind of believe it's the opposite that New York glommed on and they just can't take glomming on. They always think they're the seat of any kind of culture or pop culture or anything. So they tried to say that this was their music that we we took. Um, I kind of think it's the opposite. I want to go over that. I want to put you some major examples and the things that I heard. And obviously, you know my opinion on it. I've kind of just stated it. So I do want to go over that next week. And until then, I hope to see you soon. And you just keep going back on those memories and enjoying the nostalgia of hearing music. Thank you all for joining me. And you all have a great week. And if you like this, subscribe and leave some comments if possible. And we will talk again soon. Bye.